Welcome to Soul Talk. This is your host, Pastor Rick Walt. We hope this is an encouragement to you as you walk with God. This is the place where we talk about everyday issues and how they affect our soul. We do this to strengthen our Christian lives. Hi, this is Pastor Rick with Soul Talk. We're glad to have you listening this morning. Uh, we're excited that uh, today is the day that we honor Dr. Martin Luther King. And uh, so we want to do a brief show about him. Glad to have uh, Dave, my buddy, right here in the studio with me. Uh, we're going to be doing some conversation today. So, Hello, sir. Hey, how are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm glad to be here. Well, I'm glad to be here, too. Yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> I thought we might start today by just talking about some of the facts about Dr. King. Did you know that that was not, that uh, his name was not uh, Martin when he was born? No, I didn't. I didn't but know. it was Michael. Oh. Michael. Uh, and then uh, his dad went to uh, Germany and learned about Martin Luther and was so touched by the effect there that he came back, changed his name as well as his son's. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. I thought it was pretty good. Uh, what do you think he got his doctorate in? This is a little tougher. Um, I'm assuming he's not a medical doctor. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're right on that. Uh, <laughs> he got it in systematic theology of all things yeah. to do. That's probably the hardest area of uh It's not theology. surprising, though. No, it's really if not If you surprising. understand him, yeah. Yes, he got his Ph.D. degree at 15. 1955, the title was A Comparison of the Conceptions of God and the Thinking of Paul Tillich and Henry Wyman. Mm. And it was like fascinating reading. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, uh, one of the things about Dr. King that I'm most fond of repeating that I like to tell people is because we have this view of Martin Luther King as like a freedom fighter, basically. Yes. We do. Um, which is fine. I think that's okay. I think, I don't think that's wrong. Uh, but what I, what I would say to people is, is, is um, we put more emphasis on the doctor part often, but not the Reverend part, the Reverend Dr. Mark Luther King Jr. You know what I'm saying? Yes. And it's important to know that um, if you read about Dr. King, um, you understand where his motivations are coming from, that this was not about, uh, you know, it, it wasn't about raising up the African-American population, although that was the byproduct of what he wanted. He wanted that. Absolutely. Right. To, to this equality. Um, but he was coming from in a place and the power, the wind in his sails is God. It is his faith. Yes. And oftentimes he's coming straight out of the teachings of Jesus, often um, the, the Sermon on the Mount. Yes. And we're going to be getting into that in just a little bit. Mm -hmm. Just a little bit. Well, that's good. I was hoping that's where you were going. That's where we're headed. Yeah. That's where we're headed. Did you know if somebody's got a bunch of titles in front of their name that reverend precedes them all? Does it? Because it's considered, I don't know more important or something. Well, anyway. then I'm glad I said that right. Yeah. <laughs> the Reverend Dr. The Martin Reverend Luther King. Dr. King. Yes. Yes. Uh, did you know 
that he escaped an ass- assassination attempt a decade before his death. Um, uh, specifically, no, but I knew there were several attempts at his life. Yes. Yeah. He was signing some books and was in Harlem, and there was a lady that came up and asked if he was Dr. King. And he said yes. And she took a letter opener seven inches long and plunged it into his chest. Unbelievable. And just barely missed uh, the aorta. And if it had been just a little bit different, he would have bled to death right there. Goodness. The um, no sir, no sure, sure sign of something has become an idol in your life than when you're willing to take a human life. Yeah. Like, you know how we, we like to use good reasons to justify our bad acts? Mm-hmm. Um, there's just no, if you've done that, then you've made something an idol. Like even even people who have uh, you know taken a life that they believed was a tyrant, right? Yes. Most of the time, your cause has become an idol at that point. Mm-hmm. No matter what, because what God says is that everyone has value, and that right. everyone is made in the image of God, and that we shouldn't take a life. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, that's uh, also interesting to think about, and also something that Martin Luther King will uh will hit on yes uh actually she was as you can imagine was mentally deranged mm-hmm. and uh dr kick said later that he held no ill will yeah towards her most of the assassination attempts would not be people who are deranged though at least not from the way we're talking about it there right i mean they would be people who would be say they had a cause mm-hmm. but a, an idol would be a more <laughs> a more a better way to put a better that. way to yeah. put that yeah so anyway uh did you know that dr king's family did not believe that james earl ray acted alone um yeah i'd heard that they i'd say that's a pretty a conspiracy i'm i think that's a pretty i don't even know if that's a conspiracy theory i think that's a fair and safe assumption to be honest when <laughs> <laughs> we just sat here and said it, there were many attempts on his life Right. So, yeah, I would assume he was not working alone. Yes. Uh, That was their conviction that uh, the FBI and some other agencies uh, were working in conspiracy. Mm -hmm. Uh, Later on, they had an investigation, and the FBI was cleared. uh, But there was still the question about was there other people involved. And then this next thing I was not aware of, that Dr. King's mother had been slayed by a bullet. Mm-mm. Did you no, realize that she had been killed? No, I was not aware of that. Yeah. There was uh, another deranged gunman that came in uh, to the Ebenezer Baptist Church where she was, and he was going to kill uh, Dr. King's father, uh, but the mother was closer, and so... He shot her. Mm. Said God told me to do it. Mm. So that's sad. It's sad. Yeah. Then George Washington and Abraham Lincoln are the only other Americans to have their birthdays observed as a national holiday. Yeah. And I thought that was pretty cool. It is good. I'm glad we haven't rushed uh, to add to that. <laughs> yes. 
Yeah. In fact, if anything, um, there's probably a good portion of the country who wants to take down a couple of the other ones, <laughs> <laughs> given that that's the current uh, thing to do. I don't know about that. Uh, in particular, uh, there's a certain subset of people in this country who would have a problem with George Washington simply because he lived in a different time. Yes. But, you know, yes. I'm, I'm, I'm not on that train. I don't want to get into it. But Yeah, we won't, we won't go there. But it was in 83 that President Reagan signed a bill that commemorated the federal holiday to honor King. And that should be uh, something that all Christians celebrate. Because, again, uh, as I've said earlier, and as I'm sure we'll continue to point out, he's motivated by his faith. Yes. That this isn't and a racial thing. understand that. Yeah. Is that his faith motivated him. His faith was behind everything that he did. We're going to get into that with some quotes here mm-hmm. that uh, really uh, are good things about the church. Good. All right. Okay. We'll do that the next part. Soul Talk with Pastor Rick, and we're glad to have you back. We're ready now for part two on this uh, day that we celebrate Dr. Martin Luther King and his impact that he had on American society. He had some number of great quotes about, uh, about life in general, but he also had a number of quotes about the church. And I thought, uh, since this is soul talk that we'd talk about sub of those quotes Mm -hmm. the first one any religion that professes to be concerned about the souls of men and is not concerned about the slums that damn them the economic conditions that strangle them and the social conditions that cripple them is a spiritually moribund religion awaiting for burial yeah whoa isn't that a strong statement and I think, um, you know, it's, the thing I love about Dr. King is that there was this constant reminder of uh, the systems are what's broken here. Um, when he could have vilified the he people. He could have blamed people. Right. Yes. But he understands because he's a Christian and he's a believer and a good uh, interpreter of the word. He understands that we live in a broken world. Mm-hmm. And so he's saying there that yeah, the, the, all these systems are, they're broken. They can't, but like, we're always, even today, this country is on fire half the time because we want an equal system. And I think what Dr. King would say is there can be no equal system. 
there can only be equal loving people, right? Yes. And, and we're influenced by the system. That's the problem is that, and, and, and if times are good for some people, then we tend to not recognize the flaws in the in the system. Whereas if you're one of the people who the system kind of short shrifts, then you you're then well you're aware, very well aware of what's going on. And the solution of that, of course, is to listen. Yes. When our brothers and sisters um, have have things they want to tell you about the system. Yes. Yeah. Uh, what struck me about this quote is that in the early church, they were moved uh, by social issues, mm-hmm. what we would call social issues today. Yeah. I was reading in uh, a book was entitled what the early Christians said about themselves. And uh, I learned that in the earliest churches that they didn't have an altar. They had a place where they gathered foods and funds and put it all together in order to help those that are poor. Yeah. And they gave not only to those who uh, were part of the congregation, but they helped the the poor of the Romans too, people that were persecuting them. And I was really touched by that. And I think Dr. King hit that right on the head there. Mm -hmm. Isn't, and correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't like the entire first letter to the church in Corinth kind of about those issues that they're segregating each other? Yes, exactly. What that's about. Yeah, exactly. Um, And so like, I, I think that helps is like, hey, this is the struggle. It's not just for our times. I think a lot of young people would benefit in hearing this because I think a lot of young people today, a lot of, especially the ones involved like in the Black Lives Matter movement, and they tend to look at the past and see just devils, right? Yes. And they don't understand that, yeah, this is this has always been the struggle for mm-hmm. us. And we can yell and scream and, and, and fight the power all we want, but that's not going to be what, what solves anything it's going to be love at the end of the day at the end it's of the, the day, only it's thing that will work love. yes <laughs> and that's what uh the early church was all about it was loving in action mm-hmm. and that's what changed things and made the the church uh later on the national religion okay our scientific power has outrun our spiritual power dr king said we have guided missiles and misguided men. Mm. Oh, I like that mm. one. Yeah. I like that one. Yeah, you're here's the thing is you hear this a lot about good countries, bad countries. It's like, yeah, your your honorable foreign policy is only as honorable as the people enacting it, right? Yes. And I think that's kind of what he's saying there. He was a big um a lot of people don't know this about Dr. King, but really anti-nuclear weapon. Yeah, uh, big, big, big deal to him. It uh, he was very much against the Vietnam War. Mm-hmm. I'm not yeah. sure people realize that. That's a that's a later quote that we'll look at. But you know, I was thinking uh, that one of the reasons we've got misguided people is that in in the church we've forgotten how to listen. We've forgotten how to listen to each other. We've forgotten how to listen in church. Mm-hmm. Uh, we can't really listen very well when. It comes to the sermon. We get distracted. And I think distractions is another major problem that we have that uh, really misguides us. Uh, 
And then finally, I think that we worship our preferences. Mm -hmm. And with those three things, it takes us away from the essence of what Christianity is about. Yeah. I think Dr. King um, was especially good at that. It would have been so easy, especially once he started to get known and lifted up as a leader in this cause. Is, 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 from the moment he started to be the leader of the civil rights movement mm-hmm. and not the reverend Dr. Martin Luther King, you know what I'm saying? Like there was that moment that probably happened in his life where the news and the media pick it up and all of a sudden he's the leader of a movement. It would have been so easy to lose the God part. Yeah. It would have been so easy to lose that. And we see that, like, I think everyone can identify with that and understand that, but he does such a great job of keeping it, um, uh, grounded, I guess would be a good way to say it, but grounded in God, um, mm-hmm. which is not grounded at all. But, uh, one of the things I would offer for people today, if they're listening to this quotes and you're going to see a lot of quotes today, this is what you're going to hear a lot of quotes and mm-hmm. read a lot of quotes from Martin Luther King jr. Go read an entire, um, either sermon or talk he gave. Don't, don't just be satisfied with the quotes because it will just, it will change the way you see him and change the way you understand him. Uh, my recommendations would be either letters, the letter from a Birmingham jail. Mm-hmm. Um, it would take you about half an hour to read it. 30, 40 minutes. Probably it's long, uh, but you should go out there and read it or listen. If you, if you YouTube search um, MLK or Martin Luther King and then um, love your enemies. He did a sermon about loving your enemies and it's wonderful. And everybody, it just take in the full body of something he was talking about, mm-hmm. not just the quotes, not just the quotes. Mm-hmm. Right. I think that's excellent. Um, yeah. But I didn't think I could preach one of his sermons. No, time. no, no. That's I, you got to go read it and yeah, take it in yourself. You right. It. Yeah. You got to read it. Yeah. Okay. Here's another one. We need to pledge ourselves anew to the cause of Christ. We have to capture the spirit of the early church. Wherever the early Christians went, they made a triumphant witness for Christ. Whether on village streets or city jails, they daringly proclaimed the good news of the gospel. Mm. And I was thinking about the early church and how they were willing to take on suffering. Uh, and I'm not sure that how willing we're to do that today. Yeah. And well, if you think we like that, comfort. Yeah. And if you consider that he's probably talking to mostly African-Americans in that context, yes, uh-huh. people who uh, at that time are far less comfortable than you and me mm-hmm. on in, in most, most ways. And so um, the early church is a concept that even, uh, that all races of Christians should really get behind and understand. And it's hard it's because very we hard. are super comfortable. Yes. But they, they threw away comfort, the, the want for comfort. They didn't need it. That's, I mean, that's the secret. It's not that they threw it away. It's that they didn't need it. They, they had their comfort coming they from somewhere else. Comfort from God. Yeah, exactly. Okay, well, we'll come back for part three in just a moment.
This is Soul Talk with Pastor Rick, and we are honoring Dr. Martin Luther King on his, uh, on his day. Uh, we've been taking a look at some of his quotes about the church, and I think they're very relevant uh, for us today. Uh, one of the quotes is, in contrast of ethical relativism, Christianity sets forth an absolute moral values and affirms that God has placed that within the very structure of this universe, certain moral principles that are fixed and immutable. Absolute mm -hmm. moral values. That's something that uh, is lost in our society. We've become very uh, relative about things. It's what I think... Uh, and what you think is should be what I think, but it's all about preferences, and it's not about taking a look that there are some absolutes that need to be taken care of uh, yeah. in the moral sphere of the world. Well, unfortunately, it's not. I mean, this, is, this has gone the wrong direction since Martin Luther King's time in just about every area. Yes. Um, we can all look at, physical things in the world, mountains, oceans. And we wouldn't argue about the fixed reality of where they're at, right? I mean, right. we literally build technology on it, like GPS and, and satellite imagery and things, things of that nature. Um, but everything else seems to be up for interpretation. But I think, yeah, what Dr. King was saying and what he would say still to this day is that no physical uh, things in the world aren't the only things that are fixed realities, Right. That's there, right. There are moral fixed realities. There are fixed realities about you and God. Like you can not believe in God if you want. Mm -hmm. That doesn't change the fixed reality of what is and what isn't. Right. And and it is it, it go it's across the map now. We've we've lost all of these fixed realities, such as I mean, just in our identity. Yeah. It used to be. I mean, used to be we believed at least partially that your identity was was fixed. Now that's completely out the window. Right. Even if it's still true that you were made to be something specific, <laughs> uh -huh. you don't get to you don't get to just throw that all out. It's a fixed reality. Yes, and you're made in the image of God. That's one yeah. of the fixed realities. Correct. Right. That we don't uh, apply to every part of our lives. Mm. Uh, we could get into that in a, in a deeper level. It would be really interesting. I've thought this several times. I think this every Martin Luther King day or anytime I'm reminded of him, it would be really interesting to see him around today and yes. where exactly he would fall out on a lot of these issues. Because I think, I think there's a lot of people that would be surprised at where he fell out on a lot of our big issues. <laughs> oh, I think so too. I, I think, think so too. He would have brought back uh, to us a sense of that there is an absolute morality. Yes. Uh, he would have applied that in, in ways that, uh, that would bother us today. Yeah, specifically, what I would say is I think he'd be canceled. <laughs> in our cancel you culture type canceled? social structure we have, I think he would have said something. If he was still around, he would have said something that people wouldn't have liked because we don't like thinking about truth and thinking about fixed moral things. Mm -hmm. We, we want to, we think we're the power that we can shape the world. We want to shape it. 
Yes. And and I, and I don't think Martin Luther King, judging by the man he was and what we're talking about, would have been that way. He would have been informed by his faith and Absolutely. what and what he reads in the Bible, what his PhD was in, why he was a doctor. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. You know, I ran across some quotes um, by Tim Keller that described what the early church stood for, and it was interesting. He said the early church was multiracial and experienced a unity across ethnic boundaries that was startling. So the early church was a mixture of people, races, kinds, social structure, the whole thing. Uh, and we talk about that, but we don't have very many churches that have actually done that. And then now, uh, one of the distinctions of the early church was that they were a community of forgiveness and reconciliation. Uh, Christians often got excluded and criticized uh, and were actively persecuted, imprisoned, and killed. But those early Christians forgave their enemies. Mm -hmm. And uh, we call other Christians our, our enemies. And there's not a lot of forgiveness, even for those that call themselves believers. The early church just seems like it's foreign, doesn't it? it I just yes. Like I, I can't even wrap my mind around how far away we are from that, and thus how far away we are from the teachings of Jesus mm -hmm. as a group, as a whole. Um, and and it's sort of reminiscent when you're reading about Martin Luther King. Because yes, he's bringing that back. Yeah, he's very much an early church type of personality where um, it's, 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 again, I hate to harp on this, but it's so interesting that, uh, that certain factions of us now have made him their hero, uh, Martin Luther King. But he would have been, in a lot of ways, deeply, deeply conservative, Compared to people now. Yes. Yes. In <laughs> and, many ways. And it's because, and it would look foreign now because the same way the early church often looks foreign to us and that we're, it helps us in a way to make us, to show us even people who are trying to follow Christ and understand that about Dr. King. Um, it, it's a good barometer for us because we see how far away we actually are mm -hmm. from, mm -hmm. from really following Christ. And that was one of the things that he said, is that the church should not be a thermometer, but a barometer. Yeah. And we should be setting uh, the tone for the culture around us. Yeah, that's good. And that's, that's what the early church did. There were a couple of other things that uh, we um, that I think we need to see. The early church was famous for its hospitality to the poor and the suffering. I ran across a quote in that book that I quoted earlier, uh, what the early Christians said about themselves. And uh, many Christians in feeding the poor, they didn't have much themselves to eat. And mm -hmm. so they would fast one day a week so that the food that they would eat on that day would be given to someone who had less. Now that is 
to me, that's amazing. Yeah. We don't put ourselves out and we're not inconvenienced for the poor. Well, you have to have the confidence of someone reaching into a basket. Yes. Of which you know the contents are limited. Yes. And yet you keep reaching into this basket and handing out food. And, of course, I'm referencing the feeding of the many with the disciples. But those disciples kept reaching into those baskets to hand yes. out food. There was a multiplicity of food. It took a turning off of something inside them. Yes. All logic and reason and saying, hey, I, there's a, we know there's a limited supply, but they just kept reaching into that basket. And that's what they did. Yeah. That's what they did. And there's an attitude there that we need. Yes. A couple of other things that were different about the early church was that it was a community committed to the sanctity of life. It was not unusual for Romans to take babies that they didn't want and put them in garbage heaps. And Christians would cub a law, find these babies, and adopt them. And yeah. I thought that's, that's amazing. And then probably the most explosive thing is that it was a sexual counterculture. Uh, Roman cultures insisted that uh, people of higher social value uh, should be committing uh, to become involved sexually uh, with uh, mistresses, uh, they became involved in homosexual acts with children, uh, and this was normal. Mm. And the Christian church came along and said, no, this is not right. This yeah. is not right. We're going to have to come back. We'll wrap this up in the next segment, okay? Okay, sounds right. great. Thanks. Okay, this is Pastor Rick with Soul Talk, and we've been taking a look at some of the quotes about the church for that came from Dr. King. And we'll take a look at one last, last one. He said, like the early Christians, we must move into a sometimes hostile world armed with the revolutionary gospel of Jesus Christ. With this powerful gospel, we shall boldly challenge the status quo. Yeah. And wouldn't that be an amazing thing yeah. if as believers we would follow really the example of the early church and move out into the community, helping people, serving people. And the amazing thing is that people would see the love of Christ yeah. in action. Well, and I think this ties into what you ended the last segment with, the, the immorality, in particular sexual immorality. We like to think that it's the worst now that it's ever been or whatever, but that's not really 
true. That's not no. really the case. No. Uh, the time when the early church existed, the Roman Empire, uh, they things were normalized there that even would seem very out there and odd for today's uh day and age absolutely um and so i think and and, and that the, the early church didn't respond to that by pointing fingers and yelling like for instance i think um one of the things is really damaging to our culture and we don't really understand it how big of a damager it is is pornography mm-hmm. um and and that as the church i think we should be a leader in in that realm in that place to say hey this is doing damage to us um but not in the way we traditionally like to do it which is to to point fingers and to yell say oh well if you're watching this you're bad like no no there's an addiction here there's 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 other things at play um and and we need compassion for just compassion to roll out into these areas and to say and in love, say, like, you don't understand that this is hurting you, um, you know, t- to lead with love in that way into those areas yes. um, are the big, are the, uh, is, is how I think. That, that was how the yeah. early church did it. And that's, um, you can see that in, in Dr. King's philosophy to understand that, like, yeah, we're not going to change anything if we go in there with guns blazing, right? Right. Yeah. 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 Uh, in paganism, uh, if you became uh, sexually desirous of someone, you just acted on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Christianity said, no, it's a choice. It's a choice. And that the healthy choice uh, is uh, the typical marriage, one man, one woman. And uh, it was the example, I think, of their marriages that brought about change in even the pagan culture. So anyway, we've talked about some tough subjects here, uh, but subjects that I think needed to be brought to the forefront. Uh, We appreciate Dr. King and all that he's done and all that uh, he taught. And today it might be good for us to spend some time just thinking about his teaching. Mm-hmm. and applying it to our lives. Yeah. Well, we're out of time. This is Pastor Rick with Soul Talk, and uh, we just ask God's blessing on you, and uh, we want you to know that the one who is in you, Jesus, is greater than the one who is in the world. God bless. <laughs>